control the controllables. You know, if you're going to go into the a show, you can control you. You can control how you eat, how you train, how you how you diet, and and you know the whole nine. The how do you cardio? Um, and those are your controllables. You can't control who's going to show up. You can't control what judge is going to be there, and you can't control what they want that day. Uh, and that day sometimes is a moving target. So go into it with other expectations um, that you can win. You, you, I would say stack the cards where you have the opportunity to win, even in loss. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the SupersetYourLife.com podcast. This is your weekly dose of entertainment, education, and inspiration to fuel your life inside and beyond the gym. And if you like bodybuilding, and if you like Jesus, you're going to love this episode. If you don't like bodybuilding or Jesus, hang around anyway. I still think you're going to find it inspirational. So before we jump into the interview with Mr. Craig Caperso, which was absolutely incredible, everything that I prayed about and wanted and more, as usual, we are going to jump into two customer reviews of the week. First one is an email that I got at 2.54 p.m., which at the time of this recording is eight minutes ago. <laughs> this is from Michael in Illinois. I think this is our first shipment we've ever had to Illinois, but he just sent me a picture of his rope cable attachment that he purchased off of our website that has skulls on each end. If you haven't heard of these things before, it's called the Deltoid Desolator because that's what it's designed for. It's designed to hit your shoulders with a better range of motion than you can use with the normal cable attachments at the gym. The skulls are made of silicone, so that's what the handles are made of. And you don't have to grab it as hard. It doesn't make your grip a limiting factor. You're able to better hit your lats or your shoulders, whatever body part you're trying to target with these things that are longer than the ones at the gym too, hence the improved range of motion. So he just said, rope arrived. I loved it, way too cool, thanks. So. You bet, buddy. I just replied to him saying, hey, I was just thinking about who I was going to use for a customer review of the week on our podcast. Problem solved. LOL. Thanks. So I appreciate you a lot, sir. All right. And then Becca Yarger messaged me by DM on Instagram and said, I will still order. Well, I just told her that we were out of stock on the protein, which came in and we since fulfilled her order. But she said, uh, dang it. No worries. I will still order from them once you get them in, hopefully soon. But for now, I'm going to order a birthday cake one. I love this protein and it's one of the only ones I've found that doesn't upset my stomach as a lot of other ones that I have allergic reactions to. So I've been stealing my husband's <laughs> because they both buy our protein powder. So yeah, big warning on our protein powder. It is a whey protein isolate and it is delicious. So it's kind of like crack cocaine. Uh, it's super addictive. It is absolutely, it is great. The macros on it are great. There's 25 grams of protein, one gram of sugar and one gram of fat. So if you are tracking your macros, trying to maximize your protein, want it to taste good, our whey protein isolate is definitely the way to go. You can find everything on our website at supersetyourlife.com. Hey, podcast, we got Craig Caperso now. He is an IFBB professional bodybuilder, disciple of Christ, husband, father, coach, gym owner, fitness model, and author. Craig also hosts a killer podcast that I am a huge fan of called My Battle Plan Podcast, where he interviews admirable men on the subjects of faith, family, and fitness. 
He helps listeners armor up against the mental, physical, and spiritual warfare that we all face daily. It's real, authentic, and something that he's clearly passionate about and gifted with. God gave this man a gift, and he's putting it to use, relentlessly giving all the glory to where it belongs for young podcasters like my wife and myself. This has been truly inspirational. On his website, you will find remote elite coaching options, merchandise, podcast info, and much more. Everybody, please welcome Mr. Craig Capurso. I appreciate that very much. Um, you know, it's always humbling to, you know, hear people, uh, you know, look and support and, uh, you know, pay attention. You know, there's a lot of people in the world right now and to gain somebody's attention and to, you know, make a difference in their lives is, uh, you know, I think something that too many take for granted, um, you know, with the gifts God's given them. And uh, I certainly don't, you know, every, every, every person, every supporter, every, every, every like heart comment, you know, it all, it all helps the system at this point. And uh, if I could share a message with somebody that makes a difference in their lives, that's what matters. hundred percent. Yeah. No, you've been clearly doing that on, on your show for quite some time now and, and on Instagram, just everything that you have and that you throw out there is, it's super authentic. And so that's something that I've been admiring about you for a while. Um, even, even though a lot of your beliefs aren't what's, you know, popular these days, um, you don't care. You're just like, this is, this is who I am. This is what I believe. This is what I believe is right. And if, if you, if you want to unfollow me, great, go for it. And it doesn't seem to have hurt your following. So, <laughs> well, that's not, I'm actually going to go probably with another round of uh, getting dropped, but, um, you know, ha- half the time during the last political, uh, couple of year cycle that we've been in uh i've certainly got canceled a few times just uh from some of my posts and just being very verbal and outspoken mm-hmm. and uh it's cool you know i don't i don't need uh, i don't not catering to an audience uh, i have my mind made up on what matters to me um i'm open to um you know different responses different opinions and i'll engage in those conversations with an open mind um but um you would you would have to try hard to persuade me from doing what I'm going to do just out of the, the fate of being canceled. Um, because it just doesn't matter, you know, uh, although it does hurt business. Um, I'm okay with that. Yeah. It seems like God always provides though. If you have, if your fear of him is greater than your fear of man, then it may not make sense on paper, but something happens a week or two later that you didn't expect it. It's like, you know, this, this must be a sign that at least I'm, I'm doing something right. So that's right. As well as being persecuted in his name. So, I mean, at this point we're, we have glory in our name. Yeah, totally. So, uh, starting at the top, uh, the first thing I, you know, you can say I have going for me is Metron, which is a, a software company. It's, um, basically the application that we give, uh, to our clients. It helps other coaches that are out there right now. If you want to check it out, it's metron.io, um, with, uh, where you can go look us up online. But what we are is a, a, a fitness platform that helps coaches go uh, and provide their services, um, you know, out into the world. I was a author with bodybuilding.com. And, um, you know, during that time frame, I was actually, you know, recruiting other engineers to help build this, these platforms for me. One was power chat live. Another was macro Jack. So depending on how long you followed me, you might've seen me mention one of those two things, but, yeah. um, you know, I had a chance while I was on wall street to partner up with a engineer and uh, in doing so, we were trying to quantify fitness. And so our platform is very robust and specific uh, to the intensities that you use. So it allows coaches to get in there, use their, you know, flex their muscles, their brain muscles, if you will, provide really good templates, but they personalize to the other consumer, the, the clients. And so therefore, instead of just giving out a template blanket program, these programs now talk to their personalization or their, their, their strength and their weaknesses, and then update inside of, uh, you know, what, what they should be doing on a daily basis. So it's pretty intense. So that's one thing that, you know, essentially it's in the health and fitness field, but it doesn't per se to bodybuilding. Um, 
from there we go. I'm, a, I'm the owner of Rockbox Fitness. It's a franchise here. I have one open and running and established for the past three years. I'm in the process of opening another right now with a couple of partners. And I have a third unit that I have in, uh, you know, basically bought the license on already. And I'm just waiting to open, you know, when, when things provide. Uh, Nashville area right now is a really tough market. It's just uh, super saturated and not a lot of opportunity to open. Just we're slowed down right now. I've been looking for a couple months of just getting the good real estate. So, uh, so what we do there is just help people out. It's kind of like an orange theory at 45. It's, it's in that wheelhouse, it's a boutique. And, uh, you know, ours is kickboxing and functional fitness. Uh, we play basically crazy tunes. We've got, uh, trainers on the mic, giving combinations out. So it's like a kind of like a fight club meets nightclub. That's what, that's what our vibe is, uh, there. And then, um, the third thing is, you know, my, my coaching business, I was a fitness author for a long time from, uh, you know, being sponsored and just, you know, being able to having the opportunity to share my take on fitness from the years of, uh, being coached from other professionals, um, in the, in the field of bodybuilding, as well as strength coaches when I was playing sports and football and semi-pro. Um, and so taking like a, a lifetime of, you know, learning and then, you know, making my own of it. And so I was selling programs for a while as in, you know, PDFs or just basically template-based programs. And then I got into, you know, saying, look, the more I hear back from people, the more they need people. And so that really just made me open my eyes to say that I need to basically help and mentor and guide folks that are really struggling out there. Because, you know, if you're self-motivated, there's plenty of information on the internet for you to go do your thing. But most often people will create excuses. They'll have, you know, what I call, you know, one of the pillars, the faith, the fitness, the family, the fellowships, um, you know, some of those things are lacking and it's my job. I feel to, you know, preach to these people and bring them up, kind of minister them into a place where we got to have balance in our lives. And it, it comes with being well-balanced in the, the, I think the things that matter the most, and it's not always just fitness. It's not always just faith. It's not always just family or fellowship, but, you know, a combination of the, of the, you know, all of them. Mm -hmm. Love it. Uh, fight club meets nightclub. That sounds like a good time. <laughs> it is. It is. I was just there yesterday. I love it. Uh, you have your, you, you, you have your feet wet in quite a few different industries, which again, is one of the things that I, um, uh, has, been, has been inspirational to me because that's uh, kind of where, kind of where we're at too, in the beginning phases of a lot of different things. Um, it, it's, it, is, is it called greater half the company that has the uh, second amendment hockey jerseys and football jerseys that you were I think it is I think it is I, I got connected with them you know during that whole uh, you know Trump campaigning and different things and I was just like you know what so sick of people America bashing I was like you know let me do something to be patriotic and I got linked up with those guys uh, you know so I put that amendment jersey on had my gun in the back and uh, I lost like 10,000 followers that that <laughs> that month I was like that's cool I was but, looking uh, at all you know comments. it was cool I, yeah some you know, of some of the people were pretty savage in the things they're saying they're saying about you too and you're just and the way you're handling is just like i don't care i don't care okay i'm following you i'm, I'm okay yeah <laughs> i mean I'll, I'll challenge you a little bit I'll, I'll let you pass for the most part but i mean if you could say some silly things online every now and again i'll get in there and troll you back you know you're gonna you're gonna give it to me it's uh, it's my channel you're on my page it's it's my business here yes. so I, you know i have every right to comment back if you're gonna say something and you see if you follow my stories i definitely you know share some of the, my public replies to some of the things that, uh, you know, some of the businesses approach me with. And I always, I always give it to them too. <laughs> yeah. I wear that second amendment Jersey everywhere. I should have worn it for the interview. I don't know what I was thinking, but my favorite one is the one with the, with the big banana clip on the front of it. Um, I've been wearing it to the gym. I've been wearing it to the rink. I, I get, I get compliments on it pretty much everywhere I go. And every now and then you get a dirty look from someone. Um, but I wore it to the gun range a couple of times and, I still, I'm working on my marksmanship, but I still kind of shoot like a stormtrooper. So 
until I get better, I think I'm just gonna like kind of be low key. <laughs> nice. Yeah, got some for my brothers too, and my dad, and all of us when we play pond hockey back in Montana, get together for the holidays and everything. We uh, we, we always rep those. So, and those are those are super cool. Um, okay, so I, I think you competed as an IFBB pro uh, before Classic Physique was a thing. Is that right? That's right. Okay, so if you could go back and do it again, like, would you do Classic? Because I mean, like, your legs, man. Yeah, yeah. If I do it again, I'm gonna still do Classic. Um, it'll it'll cost me a lot more time to get back into it. But let me just let me just start. I'm not going back. You know, I, I you know, I people ask me all the time, would I ever do it again? And um, I wouldn't go to compete. I might get that big again. I, you know, that might be something that I would like to do, but I probably wouldn't be doing it to compete anymore. Um, I feel like I've just, I've elevated my status, uh, to a place right now where, you know, that doesn't, it doesn't, um, doesn't drive me anymore. You know, everything I want to do, I want to be very specific and passionate about and competing against someone else on a, on a subjective stage when there's no specific criteria um, other than someone's subjective view of what looks good and what doesn't, um, is not how I want to spend my time suffering. Um, uh, because we all suffer when you, when you compete, you're suffering, you know, it's, you're enjoying the journey, but I mean, a lot of the stuff it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, who can suffer worst, uh, who can, who can suffer through pain, who can suffer through grueling sets, uh, through, you know, being on point with your dying, uh, your diet. And so, you know, without a clear end goal in mind or not goal, I should say without a clear, uh, definitive path to victory, um, it's really hard for me to put my energy into something else. And so that's kind of why I left, you know, there was, there was some, uh, podcast interviews I've done with bodybuilding.com and a couple other places of like, you know, why did I leave? And I just felt like it was really hard for me to put so much time and energy into something that, um, couldn't give me a specific way that I could win, you know, like a football game, you know, how to win it basketball game, you know, some kind of sports, there's a real specific way to win that. In this game, it's like a pageant at the end of the day, and uh, it, it's going to take somebody's opinion of what looks good, um, you know, to, to 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 clear the winner. And uh, you know, there's politics and things and everything, so I won't, you know, get too much into that. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I never played the game. I did what I wanted to do. I I, I uh, competed the way I wanted to present myself, and uh, you know, I didn't really listen to the feedback that was given to me from time to time. You know, I, I call myself like SpongeBob SquarePants because I'm very square you know, and I'm boxy in my hips because, you know, I played football and from years of just like lifting heavy weights. And it was recommended to me after one of my pro shows, like literally it was the fourth, uh, I took my fourth place in New York pro, uh, way back in the day, one of the judges run up to me after the show. And, uh, he's like, man, you look phenomenal. It's just not what we're looking for right now. You know, it was like really early in, in the career of uh, physique, uh, as a pro and they just didn't want the big look. And so he's like, you know, don't do this. Don't do that. I'm like, that's just not who I am you know, I'm going to train because I like to train. I'm going to lift weights the way I want to lift weights. So if you're not willing to play their game, don't, don't enter those stages. That makes a lot of sense. Um, something that, that, that my mentality going into a show and something we really try to get our competitors to understand is that you should go trying to win. That's the goal, right? It's a competitive sport and it's an extreme sport but please understand the goal is for you to create a piece of art with your body. And the goal is for you to push yourself hard for you. And for um, it's, it's not about, it's not about getting that trophy, right? Because just like you said, 
every judge is going to have a different opinion and it's like figure skating or it's like judging art it's like how do you really say what's better and what's not and what they're looking for may not be what you're really gifted in um like yeah. i mean i i look like an idiot when i do men's physique i do it because i'm there for class like i might as well it's like if you're going to do a track meet and you're going for the shot but you might as well throw the javel the javelin while you're there you know, i just hate yeah. sitting backstage um but they always tell me the same thing you just don't belong in men's physique and i'm like i'm just I'm here to have fun i don't care if i win or not and so yeah. the the goal the goal is to win because it gets you through those hard sets and everything and it makes you push harder but at the end of the day you you need you need to look at what you accomplished yeah, and, I, and don't get me wrong. I'm not taking the thunder out of anyone's uh, sales here. I hope that that's uh, or the wind out of people's sails. That's not really what I'm trying to do. But what I am saying is that, like, control the controllables. You know, if you're going to go into the a show, you can control you. You can control how you eat, how you train, how you how you diet, and and you know the whole nine. The how do you cardio? Um, and those are your controllables. You can't control who's going to show up. You can't control what judge is going to be there, and you can't control what they want that day. Uh, and that day sometimes is a moving target. So go into it with other expectations um, that you can win. You, you, I would say stack the cards where you have the opportunity to win, even in loss, um, because, you know, you just don't have the ability to control that outcome. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I, I would set standards of what is a victory. Um, obviously, we want to win. I'm not saying let's 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 be the losers and say, you know what, let's let's be winners when we're losers, um, you know. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, you know, just make sure that you're going into this journey, understanding that the, the, their outcomes outside your control, although you could do everything that was in your possible um, purview, um, it's still not in your control. So therefore, you should still give yourself, um, you know, things to look forward to and to check that we're done and could be improved over time. Um, although you might compete today, today might need to be two two to three years later for you to have the development to compete and win i just made a note of the time on that because what what you just said you articulated so much better what i've been trying to communicate to all of our competitors right now thank you for that you Those got it man look i'm a pro you know essentially still right like technically i don't think i lose that title um but if i were to compete again it might cost me three years literally like as big as i am still it still might cost me two to three years to get to the size that i would need to actually be competitive and men's physique just gets bigger and bigger every year too so who knows by that time it might be four or five years yeah all right uh what was the we talking about your gym which one my home gym or the rock box your your, your home gym sure um you know i was I don't know. I did this before COVID too, by the way, you know, I, it was in my transition from uh, bodybuilding to CrossFit. Mm -hmm. So when I moved to Tennessee, it was right after my classic show. And, um, you know, I had to weigh in at 205. I think I had to get all the way down to 205. And at that time that was unheard of for me, right? I'm actually 205 right now, mm -hmm. but, um, I had to get down to 205 and I was literally like, for the last four to five years, my, my off season was 235, you know, like in that range, you know, where I was like pushing it and I would walk around pretty lean, um, at 225. And so I would compete as a physique competitor at 212. And so for my classic show, I had to actually get all the way down to 205. And so, you know, if you look at it like a week, it was like three days out. I was like as big, I was like big shredded and like, where the hell is this weight going to come off? And you know, we finally got there. I literally didn't eat for like four, I did like a 24 to 48 hour fast just to like 
just to take like, you know, so I couldn't put anything in my body, like, and maybe that's not the right way to go. There could have been other drugs, if you will, to like help lose some water and different things. But um, literally by the time I got to the show, it was 205, I was miserable. So my rebound was bad. I, I only say all that just because my rebound was pretty bad because it was such a terrible prep for me uh, to get that low because it was just such lower than I was used to. Um, it, it felt like a really hard prep. So on the rebound of that, I went from California and moved to Tennessee. And, um, you know, I bulked back up to two thirty, and it's not, I didn't do it on purpose. I ate like crap and I bulked up. Um, you know, so I hate the term bulk because people just use it as an excuse. It's not, you guys are just being fat. Um, let's just face it, <laughs> but that's okay. Sometimes you need a little, little break, but I would say, you know, use that time to be very specific, but regardless, I was big and, um, I, I couldn't move well. And I was, we, I landed at a place called, uh, um, Elsie Henley, uh, here in Tennessee and Murfreesboro. And, uh, they have, um, volleyball courts. I used to play volleyball all the time. And, uh, you know, I actually started recording some stuff cause I was still doing the Instagram and social media. And, uh, I looked at how terrible I was at moving on the court and it like made me sick to my stomach. And I was like, I'm changing this. I'm done. I was like, you know, I'm not bodybuilding anymore. I was like, I hate the way I look. I hate the way I, I feel on the court and I can move around. I was like an athlete and I'm like, I'm not that right now. So I literally like set out to like lose like 20 pounds, 15 to 20 pounds. Um, and unfortunately that took muscle mass with it. Literally I have a fit 3d from 2015. Um, that is like the same body fat, uh, that I'm at now is like around 10%. And, um, <laughs> but at like 25 pounds heavier. So it's like, yes, you lost 25 pounds of lean mass, uh, you know, from, from the years and, um, you know, partially it was on purpose. Uh, there were some injuries in there when I, when I switched from bodybuilding to the CrossFit and to that more functional fitness, cause I was working the shoulders and doing a lot of the overhead movements where I jacked my sh myself up a lot. Um, you know, I had MRIs like every three months just to like check shoulders out. So like, you know, it was hard going from somewhere where I had really little mobility because I was like a gorilla for a while. And I noticed like, if you watch me squat back in the day, I couldn't even like put my arms like close to my shoulders, like normal people do. I, I put them over and that's not because, um, I preferred that style. It was just the only thing that was really comfortable because putting my arms near my shoulders, like cut off circulation to my head. I felt like, like, so when I was squatting, my head would turn like red. And so I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta alleviate this a little bit somehow. So, um, you know, I, I went with that long, that long arm position, but more of the story is, um, you know, I, I, I left, uh, the sport of bodybuilding and went to more to the functional side of things and getting back to be an athlete. And it took me a while. It was a long journey. I learned a lot about myself during it, but, uh, it truly made me so much better today at, uh, being a coach because now I didn't have just this, you know, one or two, um, you know, specific modality kind of, um, you know, information and, uh, you know, tutorage, if you will. Um, I learned a lot, you know, mobility became a thing, you know, something I didn't do at all. I would get to the gym and just start going. So now there's mobility. Now there's a, you know, flexibility, you know, stability. There's a lot of different things that I didn't care about, didn't want to hear. And now it's all on my radar and stuff that I, you know, preach and, and put out there. Right on. Sounds like you've really matured in your fitness journey a lot. I'm a little ways behind you in that I don't care about stretching or mobility phase right now. <laughs> this is definitely the most muscle I've ever had in my life, which I don't feel like is like really a ton, but it's just, it, it makes it kind of hard to do things like we were playing ping pong at church and I'm like overcomplicating everything and thinking about like isolating which muscles to use and everything. And I'm like, yeah, you get to a point to where bodybuilding is that it should be a healthy sport. And then 
you get, you get past that point to where you're trying to get more and more competitive and your mobility isn't as good anymore. Your flexibility and yeah. just like being able to do everyday things. <laughs> but you, you have the choice to work that in the same capacity. It's just not on your radar. Cause it doesn't give you any, um, it doesn't benefit you on stage unless you're doing like a really, you know, exotic uh, posing routine, you know, like high green, he still had flexibility and there's some other, there's some other good posers out there that still have, you know, uh, possible good mobility and they move still. And so like, I, I would, I would say if you're, if you're out there and listening, even yourself, um, don't lose that because, you know, it's, it's something that you could benefit, even though it may not benefit you on the stage that day. Um, it's something that your life will benefit, you know, later when you have kids and things of that nature, uh, you want to move around and do these things. You don't want to be that guy stiff and old and that can't move. Or when you're playing with your, your old friends that are just normal size and you're not, cause you're like, you know, a big Mac now. Um, although, you know, you're not heavy because you're fat, you're heavy cause you're bulky cause you're muscular. Um, you don't want to lose that too, because then they're just gonna, you know, you're gonna, they're, you're just get stuck in that one box. Mm. Do you ever miss having that amount of muscle? Just like the way that you look? The way that Not you look? really. You know, I'll say like when you're wearing clothes, you know, you could fill out your clothes more. But when I take my shirt off at the end of the day, it's the same guy. Um, our, our muscles popping, you know, as much to where my traps and my neck is big. My neck has been 18 and a half inches, you know, since college. Um, you know, so that's never changed and it's still probably 18. Um, but my traps and things of that nature that I used to, you know, squat four or 500 pounds on the regular, um, you know, everything just had to brace. So I was just bigger all over. Like I see some guys in the gym and it's like that, I guess that'd be the only time that I would say, you know, do I miss having the size and strength that I did, you know, just if I want to be competitive in the gym or just basically get it, get it, get a nod or something from somebody, but that would be it. And that's like, you know, although that's like, you know, that's not why you go to the gym, but there is some benefit to like, you know, feeling like a job was, was, was well done. Although most know me now. So like, I can still walk with my head high. Cause I have credibility in what I've done. Um, you know, and often they'll see me do things. They're like, who the hell is that? Although I may not look like a pro anymore. Um, <laughs> the moves I still perform or the things that I do still turn enough heads where people will ask someone else, like, who's that guy? And then they learn, Oh, he's a pro. And, you know, so it's like, I still get talked about, although I'm not as big. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Um, so as many different things as you do, what did it look like hiring your first couple employees so that you weren't working like every single hour around the clock? What was the question? Sorry. It came in. Um, so you do so much. What did it look like hiring your first couple employees so that you weren't working every hour around the clock? Yeah. And I want to address that. Okay. So I know that, um, you know, we, we, I have a, an extensive resume and an active resume that, which is the biggest difference. I have a, a three full-time jobs, literally an, and podcasting called a fourth because, you know, that's a challenge too. If you're going to put things up regularly, I could tell you, that's one of the biggest reasons why people fail their podcasts and you can see as mine, um, you know, it's the fourth thing on my totem pole. And so it's the thing that gets the least amount of uh, attention when other things take priority Unfortunately, the podcast is the one that just doesn't get the priority that week. And I'm just, I have to live with that, you know, as, as consistent as I want to be, but, um, you know, it's not always good to have so much on your plate. And I can say, you know, I would probably do better in some of these uh, instances, if I could just have singular focus, very clarity and very vertical focus. Um, although it just wasn't my, it just wasn't what happened, you know, in my life, I, I had the chance to, um, 
you know, have a lot of different opportunities and that I said yes to, and I have a real hard time at breaking my bonds and breaking my commitments. And so therefore I didn't have to give up some, um, I relinquished some control and, uh, you know, have been able to like tiptoe through some of these things where, you know, some of my work activities are not as extensive as others. For example, the gym has taken my, you know, rock box has taken my attention like a wave in the very beginning, I was very much active and I had to give up a lot of over here. But um, as I was able to hire new employees and bring up their level of education and what they can do and take over from what I had to do, um, I could I could ease out of that. My wife right now, she's trying to, she's kind of taken over the new me at the gym. So she is the GM and she is like running the show, which is great that there's an owner there. But at the same point, I know she doesn't want to do it long term. So like we, we're still growing and developing our staff. Um, and what you had asked me, you know, how do you get your first employees? Well, you got to be competitive in some sense, but you got to basically, it depends, like which kind of employees are we talking about? Cause there's VAs, there's people that you would just hire for cheap labor. Yeah, and so there's like, you know, internal staff that, you know, you want them to be blue. If your company's got the color blue, you want them to bleed blue. What they say like us, Rockbox is blue. It's like, I'm looking for employees that are going to go bend over backwards for me. Cause they see the vision of the company. They believe our words and it's not just a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have two babysitters, two baby, we have two employees right now, a babysitter, if that counts, and then a VA and both of them have helped tremendously. And so our whole goal right now is what can we outsource that doesn't have to be us doing it so that we can have more time for the creative end. What do you not like doing? I was, there's a, such a good podcast or just like a snippet from Alex Ramuzzi. I'm sure you've seen his ads, but he did one of these on like the first five hires. I think his wife did it too. Um, but they said, you know, what is the thing that you hate to do? Yeah. Train for that. Uh, you know, find someone else because if you're always, um, you know, doing the thing that you don't want to do, you're eventually not going to do it as well as you could. You're going to eventually, you know, just not do it just like someone who doesn't like working out. They're not going to go, they're going to get fat. Um, you know, so like the thing in your business that might matter a lot, but you hate doing it, try to find a replacement for that. You, you know, they always say, try to find a replacement for like the low hanging fruit that, you know, doesn't cost a lot as far as, um, you know, Costco, like what can be repeated. Um, you know, you, those are good VA positions, something that's just copy paste or just like a repeated task. You could train a monkey. They say to do things like that. Those are easy first, uh, you know, first movers because it's not taking up the, the time and energy or the quality of a position, the hourly rate that you should pay yourself versus the hourly rate that you should pay some other lower member of an employee of your staff. But um, I would also put in there again, the thing that you don't want to do, hire quickly for that position. So therefore it gets done. You can now you know, make sure that you're checking somebody's work, that it is getting done and you're paying for a service to have that happen, but it's getting done because you know damn well if it was on your plate and you have all 10 things to do, you're going to do the ones that you want to do first. And the thing that you don't want to do is going to happen last. Right. And you're probably not doing a very good job of it if it's not something you like anyway. Yeah, that would be my recommendation. Um, yeah, you know. yeah. To answer your question, the one thing I hate doing that I would love for somebody else to do is uh, is train my abs. If I could get somebody else to do all my app work for me, that would be awesome. <laughs> That's funny. Um, you don't have to train your abs that much. If you, uh, I look. What's your background? <laughs> what's your ba- what's your background? What's my? I'm, Did you I'm play sorry. sports? Did you play sports? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I grew up playing ice hockey, football, uh, cross country, and then I started lifting. And those weight. things are developed, man. You just got to take away that body fat. You got to just, yeah. you know, if you're if you're an athlete, you know, you got abs. You know, athletes don't really have to train their abs all that frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, you're only getting the depth in, in your abs, your abdomen, you know, getting the, the depth from the inner wall to the outer wall. But, you know, many people think that you're like growing abs like a muscle. No, you're just creating depth in shadows. Um, you know, so like all that can do, you could also work with, uh, you know, the vacuum poses and different things. So you have better control of it. Those are, those are good ways to uh, work on it. Yeah. Thanks a lot for that. They're just the last thing to, to lean out on me and everybody has their genetic places where they like to hold body fat. And that's, that's fine. I'll have, I'll have veins sticking out of my butt before I get my lower abs to pop. So. Yeah. That's a diet thing, brother. You gotta, you gotta just go longer on that one. Um, yeah. you know that. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been there and it's, and, and, and when I get there, it's, it's, it's gone in about a week, <laughs> about a week into the reverse diet and the abs are gone again. <laughs> um, Cool. So kind of going off that last question, uh, as a dad that works for yourself, have you found it challenging to dedicate to, to dedicate adequate a, attention to your business and to your family? I just find there's a lot of gray area there. Yeah, you could define what what is good and bad. You know, every every person is going to be a little bit different. And I think that matters on how you were raised, right? Like, you know, your upbringing is going to determine what the success of, you know, raising your own child is going to be. So like, if you had terrible parents, you know, you could show a little bit of attention and you'd be like so much better than your parents. And so therefore you might just feel like, oh man, I'm doing so good. Although your kid, you know, might need more attention. So I think it really matters on what is the specific attention that your kid should require based on what you can give them. If you're in, intentionally not, um, you know, spending time with them, then probably shame on you. But if you're giving them as much as you can while still keeping the family afloat and paying the bills um, and they don't feel neglected, then you're probably doing a decent job. Um, can we be more intentional? Most likely we can. Can the work wait? Most likely it can. You know, I find myself with just so much on my plate that I always have work. And so like my wife can be like, Hey, you got work tonight. You damn, you damn straight. I do, you know, like every single time I do. Yeah. And can I go up there and work? Yep. I could do it today. I could do it tomorrow. I could do it Saturday. I could do it Sunday and I could do it every day for the next probably 500 years you know, based on just what I do, but I don't want it that way. You know, I'm working on creating teams and things. So it's like, you know, your team, your family, your wife, your, your, your kids, you know, having good conversations and let them know that, you know, like things take money. Like I'm, I'm trying to make my daughter very aware that, um, you know, things cost dollars. She's six. And, you know, when she comes up here, she's like, yep, daddy's going upstairs to make money. That's right. Cause things cost money. I was like, do you want a toy? How much money you got in your piggy bank? You know, like I don't want to enable my kids. I don't want them thinking that there's just like, you know, this endless supply. I want them to understand there's a cause and effect of everything. So to answer your question, I think it really just depends on what the required um, ailments um, of your family diet, you know, your, uh, your family structure, like who's working, who's not, you know, is 30 minutes enough? Is 20 minutes enough? Is an hour? Is a couple hours? Depends on what you have to do for your family unit how well you're servicing your financials, as well as your family, as well as your fellowship and faith as well. How much can you, you know, be intentional to show your family that that's important to you as well? Absolutely. Thanks for that. I think my, my biggest takeaway there was that the work is always going to be there. And most of the time it can wait. And I've, I've kind of noticed that lately too, because um, we, we work so hard to get our clients in the, in the, um, in the first place. And then we have them and it's like, okay, I want to over deliver and I want, they paid this much for the program. I'm going to give them twice as much in value. You know what I mean? And there's been days where it's just, I've been working, working, working for over, over a week, two weeks straight. And we only have 12, 15 clients because we're very hands-on. Like we talk to all of them every single day a lot. And so like any more than that is just, is, is just too much. 
but whenever I have a day where I just kind of, I, I, I might just tell everybody like, Hey, I need a day or two off. Like, is everybody cool with that? And everybody's like, Oh, please. And it's almost like they're all happy that I'm doing that. And they would rather me just do that anyway, because they care about us because they're people too. And they, and they have their own kids. Yeah. I, you know, I run a coaching business like you and, yeah. um, I know that we do a lot more than most, you know, I literally, I think I said that in a call the other day, I was talking about like, you know, programming and different things. And Chelsea, my other um, half in this uh, business with me, um, I brought her on as an employee and, uh, you know, she acts as like our kind of like our client liaison, like our specialist. So she works really hand in hand with everybody where I'm more the architect, the motivator, kind of like, you know, putting things, um, you know, structure and, and, and being the, the final check, uh, and balances of, of things. But, um, you know, you got to make sure that they know, um, you can't do everything. You, yeah. you know, I would say if for you, if, if you're still small and still trying to figure that out, you can't do everything. So I would say, you, you know, if you're splitting it, you, is this business with you and your wife? Yeah. And she's been, she, she talks with everybody as much as I do, especially a lot of our ladies. Like it's almost like she talks to them 80% of the time. Cause a lot of times they just need encouragement or whatever, or like Taylor mm -hmm. knows the answers. And so she just kind of takes it. Martha. So it sounds kind of similar to like what you guys. Have yeah. Been doing. I would set specific days if you can. Like I, I, I do a Wednesday call with my group. Like I do a one o'clock and a seven o'clock. I try to change up the time so people can, you know, get there um, every other week, you mm -hmm. know, but you know, I kind of tell my clients, like, that's when you're going to talk to me. You can book my time. We can always do like a, you know, give them my zoom link and say like, you have the choice, but, um, I would always say that, you know, please pass through Chelsea first, you know, she's going to be here. This is her job. She's dedicated for you. She's your specialist. Um, she'll do more than I will, frankly, you know, again, I'm, I'm much more the macro picture. She's more in the micros. Um, you know, so like, you know, have, have a hierarchy of like, you know, who's doing what for the business, because if you can do that, you can have like a systemized, like there's not three CEOs in a company, there's one. And I'm not telling you or your wife that needs to be like the man or the woman, but, um, you should have people that have specific jobs. If you guys are double tapping, you're just spinning your wheels and you're not scaling, you know? Yeah. So I, I would, I would, I would look at that either one person's running programming and one person's running nutrition or one person's doing all the customer service and reach outs and check-ins and one person's growing programs or recruiting clients, et cetera. Like I would divide and conquer that way. Cause you're going to, you're going to need that, you know, and you can, you could all just get busy and then you get the end of the day and you're just like, it's never enough. Your clients are always going to need you. They they're paying money. They're going to want your attention. So you have to set expectations. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's super helpful. Yeah. Our, our, our coaches, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but their names are uh, Chris and Eric Martinez, the dynamic duo. They're identical twins and they're um, actually um, very big believers too. So they've already hit a lot of their business goals. And now their next step in life is kind of like, how do we glorify God and give and get and give back and, um, and, and take our, and take our faith more seriously. And, have more content around that so it's pretty exciting being part of their team but they they teach um online fitness coaches how to do what we do and they've helped us to be able to get off the ground and be doing it full time for a couple months now and that's our next step with them is they're helping us identify like okay what can we outsource what can we um you know maybe subscribe to an app for because i'm literally just making everybody's programs on microsoft excel and everything and that's that is extremely time consuming so you're you're using microsoft excel for your programs yeah <laughs> we need to talk about metron <laughs> yeah we're, we're literally, all, i mean this we're, is what it's built for yeah we're, we're almost we're almost done um go, going on to uh we strive which is which is an app that it's, it's it's taking all my hundreds of youtube videos and putting them all in one place and everything and so we'll be able to do all of our communication and what's it called uh it's called we strive okay 
we still need to talk about Metron, but yeah, okay. I'm down. Uh, I'm really down. <laughs> I'm it's, uh, it's there for you guys to take a look at it, and I'd be happy to demo you or anyone else who's listening right now of what that software is capable of doing. But it's built to scale. You know, its purpose is built to scale. Build it once, it can scale in many different ways, and it has templates and blocks and videos and all the good stuff. Yeah, yeah. It'd be nice to get paid what I'm what I'm worth per hour because right now the the the, the, the emails and the Microsoft Excel and the PDFs is uh, it's time consuming. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, yeah, there's, there's quite a few high level coaches like Lane Norton that still, that still use Microsoft Excel. And I'm like, I've kind of learned that. And that's, so that was my excuse for a while. And now I'm like, these guys are great at what they do, but they seem to be the exception to the rule. <laughs> well, if you, I, I want to be honest with you. I mean, I've been in all the circles most people are still using templates, right? Like, you know, they have their templates. So, you know, all they're going to do is just drop from this Microsoft copy clone. And this is your thing for the week. So it's not like, you know, and I don't know how you do yours. Some people really build it per scratch for their clients. And I, I hope you don't, I hope you have at least some blocks and say, okay, if character avatar X, Y, and Z looks like this and fits these parameters and has these equipment, et cetera, I can provide them here because this is week one and then week here, they're going to be over here. I hope you have some system in, in, in line like that. But at the end of the day, whether it's a software copy clone paste because they fit this box or if you have a software like ours that kind of can update to them, it's somewhat of the same simple system. One's going to just basically be a little bit more easy for a client to handle because they're still going to want to track somewhere too. So if you're always giving them, you know, this, um, you know, Microsoft Excel or some kind of Google sheet version, you know, maybe they're not privy to that, but some people aren't privy to the apps either. So, you know, you might want to have a, you know, a hand in both so you can actually help each other out. But, you know, what I stopped doing and, and why I personally wanted the software side of it, cause I was actively looking, I have stacks of friggin' books of like my workouts. Like I could probably sell these of like year i have like five years or six years of just like I got my books and books and books and books of my workouts and you got another book um, too add to the collection <laughs> and that's my point they don't do anything they sit there they collect dust however all of my workouts now are tracked and digitized and now can speak to my programming and so therefore my strength and weakness of this program had i tracked an exercise that's a bench press with a barbell versus a bench press with a dumbbell versus an incline versus some all those like that those programmings have a specific signature which will now program and update something else over here so my point is you want to you, you want to digitize a little bit more just because it has the ability to you know be logged in the, in the past and update the future yeah yeah because right now all of our clients are, are, are writing down and texting me pictures of it every day of their workouts so once we have the app it'll be it'll be so much easier. It'll all just be in one spot. It'll be a big time saver. Yeah. And you could see that too. You could see it in one like view. You could see if they're, you know, they're following or not. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, okay. I, I love your recent post where you were teaching your daughter how to read with flashcards. I was, I was just curious if there's any other one-on-one -on -one activities that you do with her to help her improve in her, in her, in her, uh, her learning skills. Man. Yeah. I mean, I try to get her in the gym as much as she'll, she'll, sit there and do something with me. You see, I'm sure you've seen a couple of those posts where I was bring her in the, in the garage gym and do stuff. Um, I'm the fun guy in the house, right? Like my wife's the more serious one when it comes to like, she's always trying to, the problem is I, I like come in and into my, my daughter's and my wife's world around like six o'clock in the afternoon after they get home, you know, cause like they're out during the day, she goes to school and then, um, my wife usually picks her up, goes to rock box with her. And so they like finish their day around five or six. So my wife's like on the scramble to go to bed because she must like get 
you know, get the house cleaned up or do whatever she's doing, eat, you know, you know, get ready, have like a minute for herself and then get ready for bed. So like, I usually come into that chaos at like, you know, the six thirty, seven o'clock timeframe when everyone's trying to wind down. And then I start, that's like when I start playing with Fabiana. And so like, I get her all riled up. So like my wife, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's kind of like a chaotic for us at that time frame because she's like, stop. And I'm sitting here like playing with Fabiana. So like we do different things. Like she likes jumping off the bed and we, she wants me to spin her and like slam her. So like, I'm like that person who's like that activity person with her, um, the cards, uh, I drive her to school every morning now. So, I mean, we're up. So six 45 to like eight 15 is like a time block that, you know, unfortunately it's like a really productive time block that I now just dedicate to my daughter, getting her to and from school in the car. We'll do flashcards. She's get, she's improving really quickly. Um, she literally started writing words down the other day. I was like, can you spell this? And she's like, Let me try. And then she did it. And she, I was like, that's the first time you've done that. I was like, that's pretty cool. So it's like seeing her like development pretty neat stuff um throwing we do we you know we box she's punched me in the face she loves punching me in the face by the way um i don't know what's what's up with that but she cannot get enough of like punching me right in the face um i I let her do it once and she's now hooked so that was my fault um yeah i I try to just try to turn around to all the things physical and you know defending herself and you know making sure she's smart as a whip Mm -hmm. how old is she she's six wow yeah, my, my son's four, and, and I just taught him the difference between right and left um, a couple of days ago. We spent probably like forty-five minutes to an hour in Office Depot, and he's and he's he likes to he likes to push the cart. And so I have his sister who's two in the cart, and had him had him pushing around, and I would tell him stop, go right, left, and it took a while. But by the end of it, he finally got it. And then the, like the, the whole rest of the day, now every time I get in the car, I'm like, okay, I'm going left. Okay, I'm going right. Yeah, okay, yeah, going. that's cool. Right and left, yeah. Yeah, they're good, man. They they learn fast. You just got to repeat a couple of times and they get it. And and then, you know, four is uh is that preschool yet or is that still is that still by yourself? Or are you doing are you doing homeschooling eventually? He's, like what's that look like for you guys? He's actually been in school for about a year now because he has uh, a bit of a speech delay. And so we okay. get him in good and early, and that's been helping quite a bit. You're going to learn that they start to, and you probably already see this already, but they're going to start taking other habits from other people and start learning. So like your structure and system in your household and things that you allow them to do is now going to be challenged by others. So uh, get ready for that because they're going to come home with things that you're like, where did you learn that? Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've been learning that. And the way that they repeat things too is, is just ridiculous. I was, I was on my way to church of all places and I took a wrong turn and I said the F word and it was the first word that came out of his mouth, like right after it. And I was like, <laughs> Yeah, I have a problem with swears. That's the one thing that God's gonna have to give me some grace on, but uh, I'm working on it. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus swore a few times. He cursed the fig tree. <laughs> All right, what are so on that note? What are, what are some of your favorite passages of scripture that like keep you going every day? And I, I try to, you know, I listened to one like this morning. I did Ecclesiastes five five, um, which just says, you know. Um, basically don't, you know, I'll summarize it because I don't know what off the, off the clip I did have it this morning, but you know, the more I say it, it's, um, you know, don't vow with your mouth, something that you're not going to do. So it's like saying, you know, be good to your word. Don't say something. It's better to, it's better to not say something than not do it essentially. Um, you know, so like I just vow then to vow and not pay. Yeah. So it's, it's better not to say it at all than to open your mouth and say, you're going to do something and not do it. Um, you know, so that one just stuck with me the other day. Like I, 
I hear things, I see things and like, I'm like, all right, that's a good point. Let me see if there's a biblical reference and see if I could track it down. Uh, Matthew 6, 11, the other day, God granted us this day, you know, our daily bread, you know, it's such a true statement. You wake up every day and you're gifted, you know, what are we going to do with it? So like, that's another good one. Um, you know, there's a lot of them. Uh, I hear a lot of people spit scripture and then I, you know, being someone who's, you know, somewhat astute in the Bible, uh, you realize that's not even at all what that, that passage was about. Although, you know, something clipped for reference is, um, you know, used in, in a good light because of like what it says, actually, it's not the true meaning of what's actually going on around, you know, a lot of times I hear that. So like, not to be like a, a Bible snob, but, you know, I've had a couple, couple passages, a couple read-throughs and, uh, you know, I, I know more than most that are just like, you know, just going to go ahead and read something and then say, oh, I'm going to do this and take my own interpretation. I'm like, no, do you even know where that story was going? Do you even know what was happening in that situation? Uh, this is why it was said. So, um, you know, it's, it's cool to actually have some context, um, you know, and I can imagine, you know, other people, you know, that are much more intelligent than me in that, you know, taking those references as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm wearing a necklace that says uh, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And it's kind of a, um, it's a, it's a great verse, it's a powerful one, but it's kind of a joke among people that like really like read and have a, um, a habit around studying the Bible because the, the, the original context is not just saying you can name it and claim it and anything you want. You can use Jesus to get it. It's, it's the opposite. It's what is what has God called you to do and what obstacles are you encountering on your way to get there? That's kind of what Paul was going through at the time. And he was at a point where he was brought super low. And so he had to depend on Jesus's strength. And that's what he was communicating to the Philippians when he was, uh, when he, when he was, when he was telling him that message and writing that letter. I loved your Matthew six eleven. I was, I was just, in the, I was in the middle of starting a workout. I, I saw, I saw your, your podcast and it was 15 minutes long and what the title of it was that last one. And I was like, Oh, this is going to be a good one. I'm going to save this right for the start of my workout because I hate the start of every single workout. I'm training three hours a day right now, which is probably overtraining, but I really want to win this next show. So the first 15 minutes of every workout, like it just sucks. Like I'm just like, I'm sore, like I'm stiff, like I'm trying to get blood flow and everything. I'm like, I'm saving this one because I know it's going to be good. When I heard you talking about Matthew 611, I was like, hell yeah, let's go. Let's <laughs> try to, I just, I just switched my bio to uh, fit preacher. I was trying to figure out if I was going to be a fitness minister or whatever I was going to say. I was like, you know what? I'm spitting fitness. I'm spitting faith. I'm like, I'm a fit preacher. At the end of the day, I feel like I'm okay. I'm okay saying that at this point, you know, because, you know, there's a difference between a preacher and a pastor. I had to make sure I had to do my, my, my differences to make sure one speaks at the church, one just speaks yeah. out into the world, uh, the word. Um, but, you know, I want to make it a point that on a, either a daily or every other day basis that I'm giving, you know, compliments to either one of these two, you know, things. And, and I'm going to try to do it much more consistently. So like, I'd like to leave somebody with something. So like, you know, I'm going to be very intentional about making sure that I'm bringing up, um, you know, the Bible or some kind of verse and try to context it into, you know, a story that I'm telling. So I want to really be passionate about that. But one that I heard the other day, um, um, I do a Sunday ride, um, at, uh, Sunday, 6am in the morning, I do a hour ride with a bunch of guys. And it's a, it's a, it's a, at the end of the day, we kind of go back to this guy's house and we kind of just have some little Bible study kind of not, not so much like, Bible like study, but just like talking like a men's group. Like, that? like a motorcycle ride or no, uh, mountain bikes, mountain bikes. Oh, okay. And cool. so afterwards we go back to the guy's house and we kind of just, you know, talk about what's, what's, what's going on in our lives. What's grateful, anything to pray about. Um, and something came up about kind of like earning, uh, your, your keys to the castle, right. At the end of the day. And, 
you know, the, the thought was like, look, you're not earning anything. You're, you're there by God's grace. You're, you're, you can't do anything to get into heaven besides, you know, the things they say, you know, profess with your mouth, uh, you know, et cetera. Like there's, there's a, a few things, but there's so, so many things in the Bible that um, are contradictory. However, we were talking about like, you know, people who, you know, find faith very late, you know, even on their deathbed and considered saved because they professed with their mouth and they believed and they trusted that this is something that's going to happen for them. Although they weren't baptized, although, you know, they didn't, you know, spend a life worthy of uh, heaven, right? What, what What is worthy? Because we're all sinners. But, um, you know, that context was going on and we were talking about it. And then, you know, I don't know where you, where do you live? In Vancouver, Washington. It's okay. kind of out of the south um, metropolitan. Is it very like, Bibles, Bible area or no, not really a thing. Yeah. We're actually surprised. There's quite a few good quality conservative local churches here. Okay. Well here um, we're in the South, we're in the Bible belt. So quite a few you can America. imagine there it's very snooty, you know, in certain areas too. So like, I find this is, I would much rather be here than anywhere of where I've lived so far. You know, I really enjoy the people. There's a lot of people that are just willing to do anything for you with nothing but, you know, I also find that people in the church specifically that feel like they're doing God's work on a daily basis, um, you know, I find and maybe not just in, who work in the church, but, you know, might give their time and different things. They, they, they have their circles, right? It's like, you know, it's like they, they're clicky. And, uh, you know, I feel like that they cast shadows at other people that may not walk the straight line like they do. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of that that I, I can see. So, um, but more of the story is, the, I don't know which parable it is, but essentially, you know, there's a people that are getting paid a day's wage and the people that came in first were paid the same wage as the people that came in last. And I had never even referenced the context of that being life. Although you might've been a, you know, an early Christian and you spent a life doing God's work or believing that you were doing, you know, um, you know, what, what God asked you to do. Um, there might be someone who dies on their deathbed or on their deathbed, their last days professes Christ or professes to God um, and is saved. And so therefore it's like, it doesn't matter if you were spending your whole life doing it and, you know, trying to be that thing versus, you know, on the, on the last day. And it's like, you know, the people that are grumbling are the ones that are, have done it for their whole life where they could have done these other things. Kind of like what I was mentioning, you know, the people in the church that feel like they're above somebody else as well. So like, it was an interesting concept because I never even put those two together in that context. I was thinking of it some way, something different, but I was like, well, that does possibly mean that, you know? So mm -hmm. that verse that you mentioned that the last one, Hillary Clinton used that on her campaign to try to justify taxing the rich more and giving more of the poor. She was, she was like, Oh, see, Jesus thinks that everybody should just have the same amount. I'm like, That's not the proper context. Is to what's being communicated there. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And then contradictions too, if, if I may add um, something to that is that um, I found that there's a lot of things that appear to be contradictions on the surface, especially because it's, you know, it's, we're reading an English translation of a very ancient text. And so when, when it looks like there's some sort of a contradiction, it just requires rolling up your sleeves and doing a little bit of homework. And there's always uh, Chuck Missler, one of my favorite expositors. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he's uh, he, he passed away a few years ago brilliant brilliant man um he he always said that god rewards the diligent student and when you go looking for an answer and as to why there's a contradiction you not, you not only find that there's not a contradiction but you find a truly amazing discovery behind it too have you ever had to surrender your own goals to god's will 
surrender my own goals. Um, yeah, like you have your plans, then you and then you go. You know what? Is this really what God has planned for me? And then adjust your plans and adjust your agenda based on what He's. Um, look, man, I I I grew up Catholic, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I went to Sacred Heart University and, you know, up till that point, let's just face it. I was like a, you know, a a guy who shows up on Saturday or maybe for the holidays uh, or Sunday, you know, for the holidays and goes to church. That was like my family's thing. Um, You know, so we weren't really into it, although I did attend, um, you know, uh, Catholic school for, I think up till like third grade or something like that, second, third grade, Um, you know, we we went through the whole thing, CCD and did all that stuff and then um, went to public school. So like that whole area, like I didn't really have like a real big push to be in the church or anything like that. My parents weren't there. We would do, we would do our part, put on our Sunday, you know, best and go do our thing on occasion. It wasn't like a, you know, an every weekend thing, but, um, I, I went to school, Sacred Heart University, one double school where I played football and different things, but they make you take a religion class. And so I took religion 101 and I got exposed to a lot of many of the different religions. And I was like, well, I got such a problem with having a you know, a priest that's not able to get married, but yet they're going to tell me what to do, you know, when it, when it comes to marriage and kind of give me insight. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. I was like, this guy has no clue how relationships work, you know? So like, I, I had such a problem with that. Um, so like, I kind of like turned away from the church for a while. And I, I actually got into like what you would call Craigism uh, or what I defined as Craigism, more like karma, um, you know, which I thought was like the basic premise of most religions do, do unto others, what you want done to yourself. Um, you know, which is like, at the end of the day, people will say, well, this is the base, you know, principle. But, um, you know, I did that for a while. And I, and I could tell you for sure, I did that, you know, during the wildest of times. And I've had plenty of wild stories where I wasn't repenting, or I wasn't doing anything for the sins that I had caused. Um, you know, I was just living life and, you know, tried to do, try not to harm others, you know, in my, in my, um, you know, adventures, but, you know, it wasn't until later on that I kind of found um, my faith again. And, uh, you know, true faith, I should say you know, and was born again, et cetera. And um, it actually started with a client. I was working with one-on-one in California at the time, kind of running out of some of that trading money that I had. And um, I don't know what it was, but my brother and my mother, they were in a Bible study and they were all praying for me to like, kind of like find myself. Cause I guess I was that wild. Um, but I guess I just had believers praying for me and I don't know what happened, but my client literally sent me an email out of the blue. We were working together for months and, uh, goes, Hey, Craig. And his wife was somewhat into the church and he, he wasn't, he was more like me. And, um, you know, he sent me this like, kind of like revelation that, you know, he saw something where he was in one of his travels and all he could think to do was to tell me like every sign that he saw that was like, you know, he, he just got crazy spooked. And he's like, look, I don't know what it is, but I got to tell you the email is for you. I'm not telling anyone else. This is yours. Um, you know, whatever, I'm just compelled to do this. So like, he was like, hit by the spirit or something, but like he sent me that message. And then a week again, he sent me another one. Um, I have, I've literally, it's been on my to-do list to reach back out to this guy. I've been trying to find these emails, um, but I think it's on an email that I might've killed, um, you know, an old server that I had. And um, man, this guy really just put it on me to like open up my mind. And then my brother was pushing on me to like, you know, come and, and eventually I moved to Tennessee, but in my travels, um, I literally, you know, uh, was like, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. I went down there to like find my place where I was going to move to. And, uh, in doing so I went to like a Bible study with my, my brother and his wife. And, uh, I just wasn't into like what they were saying. Like, it just didn't make any sense to me. Um, you know, like the sacrifices they're willing to go through, etc. And I was just like, that's not the life I want, you know? So I like really wasn't into it at all. 
but something like just turned me like, you know, it might've had like that hard heart that they talk about in the Bible. And then just something just opened me up. Like as soon as I got here, it was like a, a light switch. And, uh, you know, I got, I got introduced to a couple of people. I went to church and it just like opened me up. Like I never had before. And then I started like getting into reading the Bible. And then that's really where my breakthrough came from. So to answer you, I didn't have a lot that kind of, like I said, no to in, in Christ's name, if you will, I said yes to everything bad. I was probably living the devil life for a long time. Um, frankly. So, you know, it's, you know, I found it a little bit later. Do you think that you were saved beforehand or do you think you were saved more recently around that time? Um, define saved. Oh, your day, your day of salvation where you were, where you accepted Christ in your, in your heart as your Lord and Savior. I think, uh, it was here. I think, uh, I was only open to it. It was more like, it was still like, a a choice on the menu. Um, until like, I kind of came here and said like, yeah, um, you know, having my daughter and just kind of like finding, you know, having struggles, you know, makes you see depth into your soul a little bit. And, uh, you know, I've traveled all over and I've had struggles as well, but, you know, it kind of like faces you to, you know, the real things. And I think it's this, I think, I think really where it came down to for me is like, I've had so much success, uh, that others would see as success. Some of it monetary, some of it success on, you know, the magazine covers and things of that nature and the celebrity, if you will, that I had in, in one of the worlds, um, you know, in the fitness land. Um, but it was never fulfilling, you know, it was never fulfilling. And that's, I think the biggest thing that changed me is that, I felt fulfilled at one for at one point I really felt fulfillment and it, it was like so different and it was raw compared to like what I thought I was chasing. And so like, that's why, I, you know, one of my things is like literally just pushing this on people. I was like, you guys got to find fulfillment. You got to find this why, and no matter what you think you're chasing, I've had a lot that I've accomplished. I was so unfulfilled during that. I felt like I needed more something else to accomplish or fill my cup. And it was never the case. And you found it in your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, huh? I found it in many things, and that was certainly one of them. Yeah, it, it just gave me a chance to be um, present, uh, happy, and and be like, you know, like I think it, it gives you a sense of peace. Um, I, I think people found, you know, I heard the words or heard this somewhere the other day, but they go, you know, what is happiness? Peace. You know, it's not like joy and crazy and like, you know, I don't want to be around somebody who's like too happy. I don't know. That, that would be annoying. But I think for me, it's like happiness is peace. Like I felt like some, something over me that was just like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what that is, but that's how I felt it. Yeah. Yeah. I think the word you're describing is shalom in Hebrew. It's translated as peace in the Bible, but it, that, that the English translation doesn't do it any justice. It means total peace and happiness and joy the way that God intends it. And I don't think you can get that anywhere else. It's really powerful. It. Yeah. Um, last question for you, sir. As, as young bodybuilders working on opening an old school bodybuilding gym, that's what we want to do. Um, we've got a lot of the equipment already. It's a private gym right now. And we, we want to go public with it within the next year or two. That's our plan. It knows what God's plan is, but um, the, you know, the ultimate purpose to glorify God and all we do, we want it to be a ministry. We want to do a verse by verse Bible study, um, out of it, just like Rich Froning does with CrossFit Mayhem. Um, so that's the goal. Uh, do you have any advice for us? It just depends. You know, you know, if it was a situation where you're buying somebody out, you got to say, well, why are they selling? Uh, you know, what is it? Was it their plan to do so in your situation? You know, you want to bring glory to God 
but it's you also want to make it financially lucrative and worth your time. Um, it's not easy. You might lease equipment and things of that nature. So you might be stuck with some expense there, but it's a lot different when you're signing into some piece of real estate where you got to like pay the bills and these other things all the time. Um, so man, you have the ability to, to make it what you want it. You know, you got to market it properly. I would say start learning some ads and things of that nature. So you know how to properly do that. Word of mouth is going to get you so far until that runs out. Um, you can only tap the same clients for so long. So I would say, say, start knowing how the marketing in the world is moving. So you have a chance to, you know, get on these circles of these people. The good news is for you, your circle is going to be a little much smaller because it's, you know, around your local area. So, you know, your targeting could be very specific. Um, but you know, yeah, I would just come up with that plan, like come up with a vision. Uh, there's a good book. I have not read it yet, but I, it was recommended highly from, um, uh, a podcast I just heard from uh, the guy who was, what's his name? Um, MTV. Um, he It's like the new America's Funniest Home Videos, but it's uh, um, Ridiculousness. I don't know his name, um, but he said there's a book that he like, you know, kind of defines his business ventures with. And it says, start with the last thing or something like that. It's literally in my book. Let me, let me give you the really name of the book here. But Start with last or start with the thing last. I'll find it once I get my note and I'll correct this here in a second. What is it? Start with why by Simon Sinek. Nope. I know that book. I've I've read that book. Uh, That's a pretty good one. I'll I'll get this here before we close. Um, If my notes want to show up, I'm staring at a blank screen here. But um, essentially, I'll premise it because, you know, I started looking into it in the summary of it. It's like, know how you want to get out of the business in order for you to start the business, know what you're looking to, to sell it for, or to be into it or whatever that, what, whatever the successful um, version of your business looks like five or 10 years down the road in your exit strategy or whatever that is, that's how you start your business by building it in that infrastructure or that way. Uh, you know, so like, it's a good way to think about it. Like, you know, for example, you want to be a, a, a pro on stage. Okay. What would a pro do? And then you reverse engineer what a pro would do all the way down to the start. Okay. Same thing, same premise. How would I build a car? Well, I need to have this car. So, okay. It's not like you're building a car from scratch up. You're building it backwards. Okay. If this car can do this, I'm going to need this. I'm going to need this. I'm going to need this. I'm going to need this all the way down. And so like, if you think of it that way, what, what is the successful journey that you want to be on? You take a look at all the things and parameters that need to be in place for that to happen. And then you just reverse engineer the things that need to take place in order for you to get that. That's what I would say. Love it. I feel like I don't even need to read the book now. <laughs> just I don't think, yeah, I don't think. You do. <laughs> awesome. Wow. This conversation has been everything that I hoped and prayed that it would be and much more. So I can't tell you how much I appreciate your time, Craig. Thanks a lot. Uh, you've been a huge inspiration to me and I'm going to keep following you just like we have been. And I know that you, I really hope, I really hope that you stay on top of the, I know it's your fourth pillar, but I really hope that you stay on top of the podcast like once a week through this through the next several months because i'm gonna need it through my prep so <laughs> well, i'm gonna try i'm gonna try to get one out a week at least and uh i had some other goals with it um you know i hear these motivational you know reels and these like kind of conversations and in my head that's what i feel like i need to be doing and so like i'm i'm, I'm gonna start journaling a little bit more kind of maybe even writing these little poems or these little snippets or these little like uh small speeches and uh, i'll see if i could start ripping those on the podcast that's probably my like my platform to start them so uh, you might get a little bit more Monday motivation out of me or something like that. Yeah, yeah no, uh, like I mean, finish Friday. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like for, for whatever it's worth, that last one is 
probably my favorite rant I've ever heard you talk was that was, was just that 15 minutes, man. It was, it was to the point. It was harsh. Like I, I was texting, I, I literally texted it individually to all my clients. I was like, this just punched me in the mouth. This just punched me in the mouth. Took away my excuses. This is what I needed to hear to start off this week. And every cool. way that I sent it to was, 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 was definitely worth it. So. Well, I appreciate that, man. That's awesome. Thank you listeners for joining us on this episode. If you found this helpful or entertaining, we ask if you would please share this with a friend. We also would love to hear what you think of our show. So any ratings or reviews are very much appreciated. We have a new episode every Saturday morning. So please subscribe so you don't miss them. Thank you again and God bless.